Hey coach, usually this is the time I tell you about the Coach Calls Timeout Basketball Coaching Program. Today, I've got something different for you and equally as exciting to share. I'm hosting a free 30-day challenge for basketball coaches and the last day of registration is today, the day this episode goes live, Monday, March 23rd. The registration closes at 8 p.m. Eastern, so you need to act quickly. Since most of us are stuck inside right now because of the coronavirus pandemic, this is a great time to connect with other coaches and work on your craft. There will be daily challenges ranging from at-home workouts to meditation practices to tips and exercises to sharpen your coaching toolbox. Each daily challenge will be 20 minutes or less, and we're going to go for 30 days. Go to coachcallstimeout.com challenge to sign up now. I'll leave a link in the description of this episode on your podcast player. You can also go to coachcallstimeout.com slash 48 and follow along this episode to get more information on the 30-day challenge. You're now in the huddle with Coach Calls Timeout. Welcome to another episode of your basketball coaching helper, the Coach Calls Timeout podcast. I'm your host, Dan Jonker, and this is episode number 48. Today, we're continuing with the focus on youth and high school basketball coaches who are doing unique things. I have Coach John Cruz on the show today from West Platte High School in Missouri. On the last episode, we talked about the benefits of playing three-on-three basketball in your practices. And today, John talks about a development league that he started for his players and the middle school girls coming to West Platte High School in the next few years. His development league is 45 minutes of teaching concepts and skills and 45 minutes of playing three-on-three games. Any coaches who are looking to speed up the development process of their players and increase the engagement, they need to listen to this episode. John Cruz has some great ideas. We'll start the episode with John's coaching journey. So I started coaching in 2011. Um, So I'm not not very old. I just turned 30 this year. So um, I've been coaching about nine years now. My first two years, I was an assistant coach. Uh, I actually started coaching with one of my best friends that I graduated high school with. We played together. Um, I was with him while I was student teaching and then moved on from his staff after my first year because I I got my my first coaching job and full-time teaching job in Missouri um, where I um, was fortunate enough to be with a coach who was really, really good, who coached both boys and girls. So I was his assistant for one year, and then uh, the third year of my coaching career, I became the boys' head coach at that same school I had my first coaching job in. So from that point on, I've been a head coach, so now I'm I'm actually uh, coaching girls' basketball, and I have for the past six seasons. So I've had two, two years as a boys' coach and six as a girls' coach. Um, it's been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot along the way, and have a lot of people that I owe a lot to just from I've learned from them and things that I've stolen and used and adapted. It's been a fun journey and say that I'm very fortunate with how things have turned out for me at least. So um, like I said, I just owe those people I've worked with a lot. What are the biggest differences between coaching boys and girls, do you think? Uh, yeah, you know, I get that question a lot. You know, when I, when I coached uh, the boys, I always – thought when I started um, that I would coach boys never really crossed my mind that I would coach girls and 
had a, a friend of mine who was an athletic director at a school near where I was coaching that boys team. He called me and said, Hey, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're going to have a girls opening. Do you have any interest in coaching girls? And I said, you know, I don't know, not really. And he goes, why don't you come down and talk to us and we'll go from there. And I said, okay. So I go down there. I talked to him. They, that program had been very successful. They ended up, you know, we seemed like a good opportunity for me. So I took it, went there. And uh, the biggest thing that I learned quickly with boys and girls is, is um, girls have to have fun to win. Uh, and then and boys, they have to win to have fun. So it was a uh, definitely a different transition. You had to you have to find ways with girls to, to make the game fun because a lot of them, at least at the level that I coach, they're there for the social experience more than they are anything else. So the more you can uh, bring things into, you know, break up practices, make them have some fun, some competitive things while we're shooting or getting better in any area, um, the better it's going to be. Um, they're also uh, big into team bonding, doing things together off the court. The more you can do those things, I think the more successful you'll be because they'll want to be around each other. And that goes a long way with girls. If they're comfortable around each other and um, they're having fun, they'll do just about anything you ask. So that's probably the biggest difference. Just have to find ways to make the game more fun for them. I wonder if there's um, some component of just they don't get to see kind of themselves on TV very much. It's all men on TV at all times. So maybe it's just not um, – there's not as much future to look at. Whereas the boys just, you know, they have all these aspirations of NBA and be on TV and everything else. Whereas the girls, yeah. they just don't see that. In, they don't get to see it, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, and I, I've talked with some assistants I've had in the past, too, about sometimes, you know, like I take for granted, I can just, I can talk to even the boys that go to the high school that, that I don't coach. You know, they play basketball, but don't play on my team and I'll say, Hey, do you guys see, you know, the spread pick and roll that the Spurs ran last night or whatever? Oh, exactly what I'm talking about. Cause they watch it all the time, you know? And so, you know, I'll say something like that to girls. Well, you know, I'll just make, you know, Hey, Dwayne Wade last night or LeBron made this move and they'll look at me like, what move are you talking about? Like, they have no idea just because like you said, you know, it's a little different when you're a male looking at male professionals and then that's so much easier to find than, females that you know they don't necessarily know where to look or have the same opportunities to watch you know professional females play so um and i think that's starting to change a little bit definitely more women's basketball available which is fun to see and a good thing for everybody to learn from for sure so uh, but i think you're right i think there's just more opportunities for that men's game out there right now which kind of hurts the girls side sometimes yeah, it definitely does. I like watching the women's game for the, the ball movement. It seems like more of a team game. I don't know, maybe that. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, the the skill level in the women's game, I don't know that it's better, but it's just different. You know, they, they rely so much more on uh, ball movement, spacing, uh, pure shooting and, and attacking off the dribble. And, you know, I just think that women's coaches, especially at the college level, and higher are just so creative about how they can get the ball into who the you know specific players' hands, how they create space, and then use that to you know to their advantage to score easy buckets. And 
definitely since I've started coaching girls, I've started looking into more girls coaches than, than I ever would have imagined. And I've learned a lot from them too. So there's just great players on the girls side and even better coaches. So um, it's definitely, if, if people haven't looked into that, they need to, because there's just some phenomenal coaches out there that people can learn from. So I first reached out to you. I saw you post a tweet about a three-on-three development league that you're considering running for your team. And you're kind of asking questions on like if anybody's done it and what kind of things you should look at. I just did a podcast call last week with a coach in northern Maine, Ben Murphy, and he was talking about uh, the importance of three-on-three as well. What do you like about three-on-three so much that, that you're considering a development league? That's a good question. You know, I I just think sometimes in practice, the, the easier you can make things for players, the better their understanding will go with it. Um, and one, one thing that I've noticed going through the years is, you know, the game's played five-on-five, five, so there's definitely time to play five-on-five five and scrimmage five-on-five. Five. But when you have a team that is struggling with a concept or with a technique or a skill, taking that into a three-on-three setting is just easier for them. There's more space, um, which allows them to use their skills a little bit more, uh, makes the decision-making part of the game simpler, especially for maybe inexperienced players or less skilled players. So, you know, our practices, we do a lot. Early in the year, we'll just introduce concepts on offense and defense. And then after about the first week or two of practice, um, we do tons and tons of two-on-two and three-on-three mostly. And once I feel like we've we've got those things down, we'll add, you know, four-on-four. And we always end with some five-on-five. But we definitely spend the majority of our time on -on three-on-three. And I just like, you know, the fact that there's tons and tons of space for players to use. It kind of creates an element of uh, just a figure-it-out element. You know, players got to figure out um, how their skill set works when they have more space than they're used to. And I think it just makes the game more fun because you can't really hide defensively and everybody gets a touch on offense all the time. And, um, you know, the girls seem to enjoy it. They've, they've expressed that multiple times to me. So I just think it's a more fun and more engaging way to practice. I think it enhances the skills a little quicker than, than anything else you can do in practice. With five-on-five, five, I mean, it, it ultimately breaks down to – you know, finding the mini three-on-two, two-on-one situations, which you're practicing a lot more um, quickly and more repetitions with three-on-three, like you said. I mean, it's the same breakdowns. There's rarely a five-on-five where everybody is involved in the play anyway. So breaking it down like that is great, yeah. You run any offense you want, but most most of them can. Um, there's three player actions all over the place. Like you were talking about there, you know, almost any offense you see, um, whether it's one you run or you're scouting one, there's a three player action in it, you know, and there's even more so of that right now. So there's several coaches that I've looked into and they all, they've talked about three on three repeatedly. And, um, you know, it really clicked for me a few years ago when I heard a coach say, you know, just take your offense. What are the actions that you use in that and just put that into a three on three drill, learn how to guard it and how to, how to score on it all in one, all in one drill. Once I kind of saw that, man, the light kind of came on for me as a coach and I was like, man, that makes a lot of sense and you can get a lot better. You can go over tons and tons of stuff with just three on three in a short amount of time. So 
you know, like you said, five on five is great, and there's definitely a place for it, and that's what the game is. But if you can break it down to those three on three segments within every offense or defensive possession, you can you can gain a lot of ground and get a lot better very quickly. Especially with youth teams in high school, you don't always have the numbers to play five on five. People get injured. People have other stuff to do. So you can, if you can just go to that three-on-three well all the time, you only need six people and a ball, and you can move real quickly. And, and like you said, skill development increases, and it's just a great way to do it. We had 17 girls on our, our team this year, and we definitely did a lot of five-on-five-on-five. Five. We did four-on-four-on-four on four on four as well. But by far and away, the most the, the best thing the girls like doing in practice is when we do three-on-three cutthroat. And it would change, you know, by whatever, every time we did it, what we were emphasizing, you know, we'd give points for a stride stop or we'd give points for a bounce out or um, a certain cut that we were working on, a paint touch, a post entry, whatever we were emphasizing that day. And there's just so many ways you can manipulate three on three um, to make the girls like it or your team enjoy it more. And um, it's just really cool to see them trying to utilize the skill to try to gain a, a point for their team so that they have an advantage. And then when you see that translate to a game, um, there's just no doubt that three-on-three that three is just a special way to do it. So tell me a little bit more about the development league that you're considering. Have you uh, have you kind of planned it out yet, or is it still in fruition yeah, um, so we're, we actually, uh, I've been going around this week meeting with the groups in, in our district that will be doing it. Um, so I'm doing two sessions each week. We're doing it Wednesday nights and we're doing a fifth and sixth grade session and then a, a seventh and eighth grade session after that. So they're, they're both going to go for about 90 minutes one, one day a week. Um, and the way I have it planned out right now is we're going, we're going to go about 40 to 45 minutes of skill work um, where I'm going to introduce to them some offensive concepts, things that we do in our offense at the high school level um, and break it down for them uh, individually so that we can work on, you know, the fundamentals of each skill. Um, and then we'll, we'll build that into progressions for about a 40 or 45 minute block. And then after that, um, the last 40 to 45 minutes, we're just, we're just going to play three-on-three games um, with those same skills that we emphasized in that skill development block earlier in, in the in the session, um, where they'll get they'll get more points if they execute that skill while they're playing three-on-three. Right now, uh, I've met with the fifth and sixth graders. I have about 30 girls signed up, which is pretty exciting. And I'm, I'm, I think the way we're going to do it is we're just going to assign the girls a random number. And then each week we're going to just mix up the team. So like one, four and eight will be on a team and they'll play against, you know, nine, 12 and 15. Uh, then maybe the next week, you know, nine, 12 and one are on a team and they're playing against 21, 24 and, and three, you know, something like that. So we're always mixing girls and. Um, we'll keep track of individual wins that way so we can kind of see who, who's winning and who's who's doing what. Um, and then we're also going to play with the 24-second shot clock to kind of keep things crisp and moving. Um, so I've, I've been excited with the, the early interest in the, in the session so far. So uh, we're going to start on March 18th. So hopefully uh, we'll have a good turnout and it'll be a good experience for those young girls. 
Yeah, that's cool. Um, so what are you thinking about um, in terms of scoring throughout the games? Is it twos and threes and a point for whatever you're emphasizing? Yeah, I think um, we're probably going to go by ones and twos. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I'll give them a bonus point when, uh, you know, they stride stop or they find the correct person, like maybe, you know, a defender helps over and they, they dish it off to the help defender's girl you know, things like that, whatever, whatever our emphasis is for that session. You know, I'm a big count method person on, on the, on shooting. So if, you know, they get a one count three or they get a a one count open shot somewhere, that'll maybe double the points. There's, there's lots of ways we can do it. I'm not sure exactly how we'll do it yet, but we'll definitely switch it up and make it, make it fun for the girls. Um, so they, they know like what, what's expected and, and the things to look for. I love that. You're breaking it down even further as you go and, and rewarding them for working on this, the fundamentals that you're working on for the first half of that session. That's, that's a great idea. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, I wish I could take credit for it, but I get, I get a lot of help from Twitter and I reach out to tons of coaches. I probably annoy more coaches than, than I realize, (laughs) but I'm always asking for help and ideas and, um, you know, the, the pure sweat group, I'm sure anybody who's followed basketball for a while knows about Drew Hamlin and his pure sweat company and yep. all the awesome things that they do. And, um, I've reached out to several of those guys that, that have their own three on three development leagues. And they've, they've told me, you know, this is kind of the structure we use and how we approach it. And then I've kind of taken that and adapted it to fit our team. So hopefully it'll it'll pay dividends for us down the road and, and get those younger girls excited about playing some basketball which is always the goal on those younger ages so you've also uh made a point of i guess going for the younger ages as well are you considering doing it for your high school team at all yeah we um uh, so you know in missouri right now uh, once your season is over they enter into a sports uh, spring sports season where most of them run track. So um, we're not able to uh, work them out or do much of anything other than an open gym. Um, but we can't have uh, coach led instruction during that time. So um, our summer season though, will be very similar to this. Uh, we'll, we'll meet two or three times a week and we'll, we'll do these same things where we'll have, you know, 90 minute sessions and it'll be, it'll look very similar skill work. The first half three on three play the second half, and we'll try to make it even more competitive um, with teams rotating. And, you know, the high school teams, we have captains and captains draft units throughout the year. So they'll have three or four girls that are on their unit as a captain. And so we'll, we'll just have, uh, we have four captains this year. So we'll have four different three on three teams and we'll just make, you know, make the summer competitive um, and try to grow in the areas we need to improve on from the end of our season. You're giving me so many different ideas as we're talking here. That's fantastic. This is this is really cool. I like it a lot. I'll have to yeah, I'll have to reach out to you in a in a few months and see how the the uh, middle school one's going for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm planning on filming it too, and you know, cutting it up and posting some things on Twitter that look really well. Plus, I want to, you know, as a coach, kind of look back on it myself and try to see, like, what I could do better and one thing maybe the girls are struggling with that we can improve or something that went well. So I plan on sharing it out as much as possible once it's all over. 
How many different coaches do you have helping you out with this? Right now, it's just uh, it's just me and my fiance, who actually was my assistant at one point in time. So it's just the two of us right now. But I have several other people within the district that, um, if I need them, I will ask. So, um, and they'd love to help. It's just, I'm just trying to wait and see how many total numbers we'll have. So, you know, right now, I think if we had two or three coaches, that's a, that'd be about all we need. So we're keeping small and keeping it within our program. So that's, that's exciting too. We, we, I'm lucky to have some people around me that really like to, to help and um, get their, uh, get their hands dirty too and helping girls improve. Are the fifth graders, sixth graders, they're all uh, kids that would be going to your high school? Yeah. Oh, yes. Nice. They're all, so our high school is actually pretty unique where the, the K-12 district um, but the high school's on, it's all one big connected building. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's pretty easy for me to walk down the hallway, up some stairs and down the hallway to the fifth and sixth grade wing and talk to them. And actually right across from their classrooms is our high school gym. So, you know, we're pretty fortunate in that regard that it's easy for me to reach down into those lower grades and get some interest. So, They'll all be uh, West Platte Blue Jays before it's all said and done. So that's another exciting reason for doing it. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of coaches listening to this who, high school coaches especially, their wheels will be spinning. Like, how do we get our our kids in for this? <laughs> They're going to love this. This is a great idea. I, I've been really blown away this week. Like I said, I, I met with the fifth graders today. I met with the sixth graders yesterday. And, and um, I just gave them a little flyer and I said, hey, if you guys are interested, just have your parents shoot me an email. And I've gotten 15 to 20 emails within 24 hours from both grades. And um, I've just been floored with how uh, how much they want to be involved and how eager they are to get started. So that's awesome. I can't wait for it to start. Good job. Fantastic. I'll get you out of here um, on one last question here. What's one thing that you wish you did earlier in your coaching career that you do now? Oh man, uh, <laughs> that's a that's a tough question. You know, I think one thing that I've started doing the last few years that I think is just great um, that'll really improve practices. You know, coaches are always looking for a competitive edge in their practices, and this really isn't anything new. But I started charting wins for every drill that we do. I say every drill. Every coach says that was. It's not really every drill, but our practices look something like this every day. We have like a transition block, then we have a skill development block, and then we play some uh, a one on one, two on two, three on three, four on four, up to five on five. Pretty much every practice, and in those one on ones to five on five drills, we're always working offense and defense. So during every one of those blocks we'll do one or two things in every block where um, we'll have a competitive drill. And um, I just have, you know, my practice plan on one side of a piece of paper. And on the other side, I have our roster. And at the end of a drill, we always have a winner or a loser. Then I just chart uh, who won that drill or what team won that drill, whatever it may be. And then after every practice, I have a spreadsheet on my computer in my classroom I just go in there and I go down the list, the roster, and I type in who wins. I keep a weekly to- total, and at the end of the week, I post that in the locker room for the girls to see who won the most uh, competitions and practice that week. Um, then we keep a running total throughout the season. 
Um, the girls really love that. Um, they don't they don't say much to me about it, but I hear a lot of chatter in the locker room. It makes things very competitive, keeps things fresh in the locker room. It's interesting when I let them pick teams, they start to pay attention about the girls who have uh, won the most, and you can definitely see them uh, see them kind of cater their teams towards the people that are winning the most in practice, which is awesome. So, like I said, just makes just gives practice always has a little competitive edge to it, no matter what you're doing. And, you know, those practices that sometimes have a little bit of a lull in it, you can always just throw in a drill and be like, all right, this one's for double the points. And that usually turns practices around pretty quickly. Nice. Um, so that's one thing I wish I had been doing from day one that I, that I definitely didn't. I just started it two years ago. So wish I had been doing that from, from day one, but um, I would definitely recommend that. It's a little extra work on the coach's part, but it's really not as hard to keep track of as I kind of thought it would be. Um, I would definitely recommend for any coach to, to do that. Um, it just, just makes, makes practices more engaging, more fun, more competitive. The girls love it. So, um, that's probably my one thing. Yeah. Adding competition always, always helps increase the player engagement. If, if it's a boring day, they're still going to try their hardest to, to win. And, or if, even if it's a timed drill to have some kind of a record that they need to break or whatever the case may be. And, you know, you know, one thing I noticed about that that was pretty cool is, you know, the girl that's at the top, you know, like this this season we had a senior who pretty much led from day one to our last practice. She had the most wins. But what was awesome to see was how many girls, like that eighth girl, you know, if she's, if she's eight out of 13 on your varsity, you know, she doesn't feel super great about that. But if you chart everything and she's eighth and she can see herself maybe jumping seven and jumping six and she sees that, hey, man, I'm actually getting better. And then they start practicing a little bit better. And you can always, you know, use that as a point of motivation as a coach. Like, hey, you know, you're only two behind this girl that's in front of you. She's been ahead of you all year, you know. Um, and the girls really seem to like that. It's a nice motivating factor and, and an easy way to, for you as a coach to say, all right, so-and-so, maybe she's struggling. She's, you know, struggling in game, struggling in practice. You know, where was she a, two weeks ago on our win chart? You know, she was at 40 wins. Now she's at 48. She's, she's moved up two spots. You know, that's pretty encouraging. I'll have to talk to her about that. Um, it's just a great way to, to find little positive things that you can talk to your girls about or your players about and, and help them move in the right direction. You've given me a lot of a lot of stuff to think about here in 25 minutes. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Um, well, hey, thanks a lot for taking my call. I'm going to have to have you on again, and we can we can talk about some other stuff too, I'm sure. Maybe after the, the summer we can talk about how the three-on-three went. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always up for it. Love talking basketball. So anytime you want to reach out and chat, I'm all for it. Sounds good. Thank you very much, John. Yeah, no problem, Dan. Appreciate it. Okay. So pretty cool, right? I hope your mind is spinning with ideas as much as mine was after I talked to Coach Cruz. As he said, he likes to talk with coaches on Twitter, so if you have any questions, just reach out to him. His Twitter handle is at johncruz11, J-O-H-N-K-R-U-S-E-11. I'll leave a link in the show notes as well at coachcallstimeout.com slash 48. 
With all the shutdowns we're experiencing here in Toronto due to the coronavirus and the fact that my wife works in healthcare, I'm going to be home with our daughters for what seems like a little while at least. There's no telling how much time or energy for that matter I'll have to keep the podcast going right now. I'll do my best to keep it going, but it may not be on a regular bi-weekly schedule. Especially since we're starting the 30-day challenge for coaches. Registration closes today, March 23rd at 8 p.m. Eastern. Go to coachcallstimeout.com slash challenge to sign up. It's a great way to network with other coaches and get some workouts in and share some experiences with your peers. Oh, and it's free. Sign up at coachcallstimeout.com slash challenge. Hopefully I'm back again in a couple weeks. Stay safe, everyone.